I'm going to start by asking you, can you remember when you first picked up a camera? Uh, yeah, quite clearly I can remember. Um, I think I was probably um, like 12 or 13, maybe younger, maybe more like 9 or 10. And I was with my family and um, I didn't have a camera and I was always borrowing my brother's camera. And I just very naturally just took it off and wandered off with it and started photographing fields and um, trees and things that were around me. And what stage did you start thinking more seriously? Seriously. Um, there was a technicality of the camera that scared me because I'm not technically motivated, I'm not interested in, in technical, the way things work, I'm not concerned. Um, but I'm very concerned in, in, in what's in front of me and I thought that actually I was going to be a stylist. I thought that was because I love clothes and m not necessarily just styling clothes but it could have been styling a whole set and I think to this day it's the set design of my work that um, interests me the most but um, it was the technicality of a camera the apertures and the f-stops that scared me away from believing that I could become a photographer and then I went to um, college and to, to study media and one of the, the it, photography was very much part of it and I had a great teacher that taught us that um, a camera is, is not a, a technical thing it's literally a box you put in between yourself and what you want to capture and you, it's a very very easy box to understand. When I was a postgraduate uh, I used to research in the Vogue archive and I mm -hmm. remember you working in there and mm -hmm. um, what were you doing? I was, um, before I went to uh, college to, to study photography, I worked in the archive at Vogue House and underneath Vogue in London there's a dungeon of every single Vogue that's ever been published um, in the world since its beginning, um, plus every single photograph and transparency from every British Vogue kept in great big boxes. And I was doing work experience there, and I was doing things like, um, at that time in the early 90s, a lot of Cecil Beaton negatives were rammed into a filing cabinet um, in brown envelopes of falling to pieces, and, and I had to go through them and categorise them and uh, preserve them and archive them. Um, and I think that was the bookshelf to understanding the history of fashion photography. And I could look at those photographers, every photographer, and see John Deacon's amazing portraits um, and, and, and see the contact sheets and see the mistake in it. Um, not the polished, finished thing. It was the mistake and the beauty of looking at that photographer trying to find that moment. You could practically see the way he'd move the camera back and forth and try and find something with his um, lighting or his... Uh, all those photographers and I think that that was an unbelievable education for me as a photographer. Lots of photographers use historical fashion photography to shape, help shape their ideas mm -hmm. for a shoot uh, or build an atmosphere yes. or whatever. 
But it's actually rare to find one that's got that kind of archival experience. It's actually yes. laid hands on images, not just through books. And yes. I wonder whether it encouraged you to approach photography with a, a specific premeditated idea of an image in mind, instead of yeah. just shipping up and creating on the spot. I think so, although I have tremendous admiration for photographers that turn up on the day and, and, and instinctively act on what's in front of them and create. I mean, I think that's an, an amazing ability and it's a very courageous ability. But for me, I think I was so... Um, the way I work, I have to have a mood in my head. I have to have a feeling for something, almost like a direction. It's like a map of how to get through the day. Um, what is the mood? What, 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 there's a sense of something. It's like a smell that you kind of get when you, you know, it's, and then you get all the ingredients together. Um, and it might be a reference from a picture. I mean, actually, I can show you right here in front of me. There's some stuff. This is a shoot I did for Italian Vogue um, last summer. And it, it, I don't know whether you can see this, but it, it, it was all, I'd been to see a, an exhibition at the, um, the Tate uh, by the painter Millet, he's a pre-Raphaelite painter. And then I found this painting. It's um, of three very, very, very pre-Raphaelite redheads. And I thought, oh, you know, they're all redheaded. Wouldn't it be great to get three girls that are all redheaded? And then I started to think about, well, there are these three girls I, I really was interested in photographing. And then we went up to my favorite location in Northumberland. And actually talking about things, where things come from, there was one painting that I've forgotten to show you. This painting here is a Millet painting. That painting was the link for me. So I took all these elements. I had, by now I had a cast of three people. And then I had all this mood in my head of all these exquisite pre-Raphaelite paintings. And we went up to Northumberland with the set designer Shona Heath and uh, the stylist Jacob. And all knowing what we were doing, we all had the same sense in our heads of what we were trying to create. And then put all the elements together and we just played with them and played with our cast, the two girls and the boy, and um, tried to exist in, 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 in this mood that, that, that we were inspired by. And that's what created the photographs. And um, I don't know whether you can see some, some of my favourite pictures recently. You've painted me two pictures of shoots. You described your early training as one born out of tension and uh, dread. And then you've used, to describe the atmosphere on your own shoots, you've used the word play and, and sort of instruct and, and, and a sort of generally more collaborative uh, idea of, of teamwork. Would that be fair? Totally. I mean, I, I couldn't, I mean... It's like it goes back to, to the, it's the set designers. I mean, there are three set designers I work with that are unbelievably talented. Um, Simon Costin and Andy Hillman and Shona Heath. And they're, they're I mean, they're, 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 I could not work without them. When we do these big sets, I mean, not, not everything I do is about a big set, um, but I suppose it's become a bit of a thing for me. But to create these, these fantasy environments that don't exist. I can't create them without those set designers. I read a quote where you said there was a fine line between the beautiful strangeness that you're trying to achieve in your pictures and ham acting from the model. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, How do you achieve yeah, that performance? I mean, that's tr I, mean I find that's such a, a line that I'm always walking on and I'm, you know, I look at um, 
I mean, it's such a hard line to walk on. You're, you're playing with motifs that are so perilously close to being um, bad. Um, and it's you're walking on that edge and trying to bring them back to being beautiful and, and real. Um, I mean, any set designer will tell you, you know, that, that everything's held together with gaffer tape and staple guns and glue guns and it's all wobbling and it all from one angle you walk two inches that way and it looks like a shoddy mess and then you walk one inch that way and it looks beautiful because the sun hits it and the smoke machine comes out and it's um, I think the type of photographs I take are so in danger of being kitsch and gimmicky and um, hammy for want of a better, I, I can't think of another way to describe it, but that's something I'm so aware of um, and scared of and always reeling it back in to try and create, a, it's a dangerous beauty, it's a dangerous edge to walk on um, when you're dealing with the type of sets we're dealing with. Um, Who are the models that do it best? Um, there are many, many models I've worked with um, that are brilliant. Um, they're silent movie actresses. They're the ones that do it best. The ones that... I remember speaking to Karen Elson about it and she was saying that when she's photographed, she can feel the moment when the picture is happening. She can't quite put her finger on what it was about the way she posed, but she knows when it's right. And once that moment goes, you can do as many roles of film, but you'll never get to that moment where everything was, was right. And I think any model that has that sense of performance on the stage and a sense of play and um, open-mindedness um, and charm. I mean, uh, going back to Alice Gibb, the girl I was talking, I mean, she was so unaware of herself and she's, she hadn't... I mean, she's been photographed a lot now, but she, she hadn't really been photographed a lot. Um, and just her, her natural way of being in this photograph, you'll see. Here, this picture here. You can just see this is her, and she's swamped by a John Galliano huge dress coat. And yet something about the way she lifted her hands and the lightness and the way she tilted her head... It's genuinely her. I didn't pose her like that. And there's something charming and young, and she's being her age, um, and real about that. And in a way, that's sort of... It's, 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 it's back to this silent acting, I think. It's the silent actresses, they're the ones. It's not about posing and, and not being true. It's about silent acting. If you think back to when you started um, photography, and what what motivates you to keep on doing it now? Are they the same things? Yeah, I think so, totally. It's always been the same thing. I mean, I think it's, there's this thing I, I remember, I always tell students when I teach them um, that only photograph what you love and always be true to that. I mean, I think that, you know, when I'm working commercially, that, that, that blurs quite in a big way, but that's fine because that's how I earn my living. But when I'm working naturally and honestly editorially for Vogue, I only photograph what I love. I will only take on a commission. I will only do something that I feel absolutely in love with, whether it's the person or the, the subject matter or the idea. And that's always been the way for me. Just follow that. And I think that's, 
you'll always be led in that way. You always know where you're going because you're you're in love with the enormous crocodile, or you're in love with the aeroplane that flies through the house. You're in love with the way Karen looks, or the way Hanalor, whoever you're photographing, you're in love with that, and that's the direction, and you never get lost. What are you getting out of it personally? Um, I think that why I do it is there's no better feeling in the world for me than getting a good photograph when everything comes together and you look through the viewfinder and there's a window to something magical. You haven't seen it before, you've seen it slightly before in another way, but you see something you haven't yet caught. It is such a thrill and um, it, it, I don't know, it's something... Um, always will lead me, I think, and always will keep me going on as a photographer. It's that excitement of, of getting together the elements that you think might make something magical, and it often doesn't happen that way. I mean, it's very rare that that does happen. And then one day it does so happen that you look through and it's something exquisite. It can't have escaped you that one day an aspiring photographer is going to sit in the Vogue archive, or indeed look through your book, and uh, look at your pictures just like you did um, Cecil Beaton as a kind of mm. a departure point for their mm. own career. If they do, what is it that you hope that they, they take away from your pictures? I think um, if, if anything I ever did inspired anyone, I find that so um, touching and I think that's what touched me at the beginning. I mean, I think, I think that the point of photography is to touch people. That's, that's the reason for photography and that's why we love it, is because we are touched. So, thinking back to, to all those photographers whose work I looked at um, in the Vogue archive and how it touched me, if I was ever, if I was ever touching a young photographer, that goes back to that universal thing. I think we're all here to work together to perpetuate that human idea of beauty and if I could ever be part in sparking someone's imagination to create something in the future that's beautiful, that's fantastic.